Listening to the Full Sport Press podcast, featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations! I would like to welcome everybody back, and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. It's your boy Big Jeff. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up. We said. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. Coach Lock in the building, say what's up, Cat. What's up, fellas? How is everybody doing? How everybody doing? Doing great, man. Doing good. Coach Lock get cool as hell when the, when the camera come on, don't he? But yeah, hey, hey, you got to hey, camera's always on. Like just say, camera's always on, man. You got to be camera ready. Got to be man. camera ready. Yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate everybody for the positive feedback for episode 320 as we pulled a Mike Vick audible, as we usually say. Addressing everything that's going on in the world today. We saw everybody's um, tweets, DMs. We appreciate that, man. It was a tough, tough conversation to have, but it was needed, man. We're uh, having a little bit more fun on episode 321. <laughs> We're getting in the Frankenstein lab, man, creating the perfect point guard. FSP style. Always FSP style. Better damn know it. And you better damn believe it. <laughs> Let's kick it off, man, Jeff. I had a clear one. <laughs> this is the week, what you got, Jeff? Get that one time in the Zoom. Nah, um, y'all gonna kill me for this one. Kyrie Irving. Look, 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 look at him. Look at him. I knew it. Look at him. Look, look at him. Just, look just him. providing another perspective. That's all I'm saying. He's providing another perspective on the NBA's return. I'm pretty sure there are some players who are a little reluctant. And because to be real, because to be real, there's things that there's things to think about as far as health and safety and also the, the current climate of the world. Is it really time to put our, some of our most prominent voices back to work? Or can they really be more helpful in the streets? That's all I'm saying. Just just a, just a conversation to be had. Kyrie's your man, right, Jeff? Okay, yeah, that's, that's okay. Okay, that's, okay, okay, all right. There's okay. the answer. That's okay. what we were looking for. Coach Lock, what you got? <laughs> Don't do me like that, though, Coach. <laughs> Cape oh, me. man. Oh, man, just Nike recognizing Juneteenth as the annual pay holiday in the U.S., man. That's a big deal. Um, for the people that don't know or the younger people that might not know what Juneteenth is, it marks the emancipation of the last remaining slaves in the United States on June 19th in 1865. So big companies like Nike, Twitter, Square, and media, a media company, Vox, they are making that an annual pay holiday or they're recognizing a day. No damn time. Uh, <laughs> I got um, uh, Dominique Foxworth, man, ESPN analyst. He's been on Get Up this week. He's been on First Take. Uh, through this whole movement, man, he's just been keeping it. He, he hasn't been selling out for a check. He ain't been holding nothing back. 
uh, I just got to commend him on that, Dominique Foxworth, man. He, I'm, I'm a big fan now, man. He just totally changed my perspective. Like he just saying how it is. He ain't, he ain't sugarcoat nothing. He's saying exactly how it is. Calling out owners, calling out players. Saying exactly how it is, man. Shout out to Dominique Foxworth, man. He is doing a great job. I noticed that. And on top of that, he's looking straight into the camera with you. Can tell uh, he talked with the homies. Was like, nah, I'm gonna make sure. We need more oh. people like that for sure, too. Most definitely. 100%. I agree. A lot of these people ain't saying the word. Um, my best of the week is Isaiah Briscoe, man. He announced that he purchased his neighborhood corner store. Shout out to my guy, IB. Came up in the wrong time of the NBA. It was 10 years ago. He'll still be playing right now. But um, it's always cool, man, if you can go back to your neighborhood and, you know, maybe buy up the block, as they say. Can you imagine, you know, going to South Nashville, where I'm from, and, and getting a local corner store? Cho's Market was my corner store. So, um, shout out to Cho's, man. You get the you get the hot dogs for 60 cent, pecan spin wheel for 35 cent, cheer mm. wine. Man, mm. good times, man, good times. Mm. But respect IB for doing that, man. Taking care of your neighborhood, man, getting it back on. I hey, Weezy, that that that'd be like us getting the blue the blue corner store by the railroad tracks. Right? right, the blue corner store. You don't want that. <laughs> that's a rough store right there. That's yeah, a AB, rough store, coach. That's AB store. AB walked to that store for sure. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I Briscoe, that was your man too. That's your boy. Yeah, I be. I be was my guy. Couldn't that shoot. Was your guy. Couldn't shoot. Nah, yeah, yeah. not at all. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about case? Yeah, can't shoot. You got a league change on you. Yeah, yeah. You know how to league change. Oh man, that's yeah. Since we kicking things off, I'll start off with worst of the week. Then, um, my worst of the week is Jeff. So Jeff made a preposterous. It's just it's just an insane statement on last week's show, saying that Josh Smith was a jump shot away from being an all-time great. A jump shot. The worst part of it was that you know, let me say something. Even close to that, my mentions is on fire. I'm getting death threats. DMs, text messages. But Jeff, people agreed with Jeff. You understand what I'm saying? People actually, dude, he lost the poll. He lost the poll. We put the poll up on IG, um, and Jeff tried to rig the votes. I ain't even bringing that up. Tried to, <laughs> he had a ringer in there, but, or two, or three, or four. But uh, not yet, two. You got you had to do it from just one. second drive on there too. Yeah, you had to do it from the second drive on there too. <laughs> Agree with me, he said the ringer. Come on, no, man. No, you had hella rings. I saw those votes, but um, they are also on the right side of insanity with Jeff. So, uh, but let me say some shit like that, Coach. People coming from my neck, but Jeff said it. It's like well, Jeff got a point. No, he don't. Jeff don't have a damn point. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I sent you the stat. I sent you the, the the same article that I read after I made the statement. It was like, this guy understands what I'm trying to say. Coach Locke put, he said, scroll down a little bit, Jeff. What it say at the bottom there in that fine print? <laughs> but that's, that's <laughs> the point I was trying to make. He was the third, but he never got, he never quite put it together. He was the third best player on that team. But that's that's a big gap, Jeff, to go from not being the third best player on the team to one of the best of all time. There's a lot of leeway in there. It's a lot of and, and, and that's why I said look at Lamar Odom on the Kobe championship team. Gasol was clearly number two. Lamar yeah, but, Odom was number three. There was no Kobe Bryant on that Atlanta Hawks team. Come on, there was no Joe. It was ISO Joe. Okay, Jeff, here's the question I have for you. 
Okay. I had time to think about this. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you saying that Josh Smith, who is just an average basketball player in everything that he did, for sure, ain't no question. Is that more preposterous than me saying that a Hall of Famer is just as good as another Hall of Famer? No, 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 no. Remember what you said. You said Magic Johnson, a top five player of all time, no matter who you ask. You said he was mid. I said his game would be mid in 2020 is what I said. I'm going to keep it above, y'all. I'm going to keep it above. Magic Johnson mid. That's what you said. <laughs> I'm saying, as a 2020 best. That sounds like a pretty end quote how you said it. Yeah. No, I'm, and what I'm saying is, just like I was saying earlier, Isaiah Briscoe, the game changes. I don't think it, that Magic's game translates to 2020, but is the thing. point guard with court vision that translates. What I'm saying is, Jeff, what you said about Josh Smith, that is preposterous. He's one that, jump shot away. Yeah, whatever. Um, Jeff, what is your worst of the week? Don't worst the week. Tell your people, tell your family, tell your friends. If you love them, tell them you love them. That's it. That's it. Like okay. keep, keep your, if you your people, tell them your people because you never know when the last time you're going to talk to them. That's a fact. That's 100% fact. Yeah. What you got, lot? Man, I'm outside. You know, I like to grill and stuff. I'm outside, <laughs> you know, about to put my little my canopy tent up, you know, the covering so I can, you know what I'm saying, be out of the sun if I want to. And I go to set it up, and it breaks. It just snaps. Ooh. Just snaps. Brand new now. I, had, I never used it. Just opened it for the first time. Completely just breaks and snaps. I mean, I was able to go get another one. Luckily, they had some more. But who wanted to go make that extra trip to go do that? I was yeah. hot about it. Oh, yeah, but I was luckily, hot about it. Luckily, you wanted to get another one because you wasn't hot about it until you would get up under that sun, that grill. <laughs> <laughs> you really been hot about it. You really hot about it, for real. You good now. Yeah. yeah. As you would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Most definitely. What you got, Weezy? Uh, my worst of the week is uh, this week was uh, mind-blowing what I heard from James Wilson. Said he's the, one of the, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. That's what he said. End quote. Go ahead, man. I'm going to finish your point. Finish your point. I'm not going to no, cut you off. Anyway. He says he's lost 17 pounds. He's had surgery. And statistically, he, add, he stacks up to any other quarterback. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying that's all he was saying. Uh, Yeah, but he don't. But he don't. He don't stack up. He don't. I'm here to tell you that. He better than any quarterback in Titan history not named Steve McNair. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? that? You say no? Yes, it's not a a Titan quarterback in history. It's a throwing 30 interceptions. Or 30 touchdowns or 5,000 yards. Talk that talk. Tell the whole story. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That five thousand yards, that five thousand <laughs> yards don't mean nothing if you can throw thirty interceptions, guys. It don't mean shit. Ain't a tight quarterback can throw the ball thirty times. That yeah. wing team. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna give yeah. me. You're not give yeah. me today. I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah wing team can't throw the ball thirty. Take that. Throw the ball thirty times. Seven, seven games. Not seven games right. total. Yeah. Ain't threw the ball thirty times. Blessings in the Eight for twelve in the NFL. Come on, dude. He ain't going to get me today. <laughs> he ain't going to get me today. Let's move right on to stat of the week. Shout out to Bryce for this fine, man. The defensive assassin, Kawhi Leonard, has more steals than he has personal fouls or turnovers. Stat of the week. Shout out to Bryce for that fine. That's a stat. That is a stat, Bryce. <laughs> That's a stat. That's a big one stat. Yeah, not for sure. And you got to realize, too, turnovers. Magic Johnson, career averages. <laughs> 
five turnovers for his career, for sure. You got it. Here we go. We knew we figured out a way. A fair way. So we just going to go straight to the next. He's we a point guard. My bad, Cody. I'm sorry. Man, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and, of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the past archives of FSP. How do you do that? Just search for Sport Press Podcast. All right, make sure you check out the On Day TV hip-hop podcast with Animal Bound and Spike Lou every Wednesday. The latest issue is up. The Runda Jewels 4 review album is up. Y'all make sure y'all go and check that out and check out what the guys are talking about as far as their running jewels. Shout out to the guys, man. Fresher Than Your Average podcast, man. Featuring myself and Animal Brown. We have a new IG Live show coming up this week. If you want to catch up with our previous IG Live, it was going over our favorite Jordan brand sneakers. It is up on both pages right now. Um, check out FTYA, man. Where are your kicks? Top responsible. Jeff. Yes, sir. You have 10 good wrestling seconds. Oh, yeah. Let's start the clock. All right. So I know I've been talking about the new wrestling podcast that we got started. Meek um, is moving. So we're waiting to get his, uh, his set up at home. So it kind of pushed us back a week or two. But we all right. Everything's, everything's going forward. We're going to build all your favorite platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iTunes, all those, Stitcher. We're going to build all those. Just got to get my co-host up and running so we can record some stuff. All right. So moving on. Backlash is this weekend, Weezy. So you know what that means. Uh-oh, what you got? Another episode of Who Gets the W. All right. <laughs> We're going to start off with what is being billed as the greatest wrestling match of all time. Not sure why they're calling it this. Trying to hyping it up. It is Edge versus Randy Orton. Weezy, who gets the W? Edge. I'm taking Edge, everybody. Give me Randy Orton. Coach Locke. I want to go Edge, I feel like, but I don't think he's going to be in the the wrestling long enough, so I'm going to go Randy Orton. Randy Orton win Black Lives Matter on us. I'm going Randy Orton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, it's going to be a handicap match for the Universal Championship, the champion, Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison. Coach Locke, who you got? Braun Strowman. Please. I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. No. I'm going with the Miz and his homeboy. Don't, don't do that, guy. Uh, it's, it's Braun Strowman. He's gonna <laughs> Braun, yeah, Braun gonna win this from quick work. Quick work. It's gonna be quick work. Hey, well, two more. The Jeff, can I the... switch? Can I switch? No, yeah. hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell to the no. Oh, it's over. Um, <laughs> the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar versus Nia Jax. Reason, who you got? Who gets the dub? Oscar. Oscar. All right. Coach Lock. I'm going Oscar. Say ho. Give me Nia Jax, man. Give me Nia Jax. I want to say Nia Jax as well, but I don't – I'm torn. So I'm going to say Oscar, but Nia Jax is not a bad one. You can, can you catch up with that one. You can catch back up with that one. In the main event of the night, the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Say ho. What you got? <laughs> he went to me first. Uh <laughs> Give me Bobby Lashley, man. Cool. Mm. He said for the people. <laughs> All right, Weezy, who you got? I'm going to go Drew back in time, man. Coach Lott? I'm going Drew all the way. Bobby Lashley. And that's another episode of Who <laughs> Gets the W. 
Good luck to everybody, and that's 10 good wrestling seconds, man. Coach Locke with them safe picks, man. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. How's that safe pick? I don't even watch wrestling. How's it a safe pick? You know what I'm saying? So how's it safe? Nah, you picking last and shit, man. Tweet us with the questions. Yeah, you don't lose. Tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe, but more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. And tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started with the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. I do got a box for this um, yellow box. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's a yellow box is Laura Ingram. It is, for sure. Fox News host Laura Ingram came to the defense of quarterback Drew Brees. Ingram stated that this is beyond football. He's allowed to have his view about what kneeling the flag means to him specifically. I mean, he is a human being, end quote. This is the same Laura Ingram that berated LeBron James after criticizing Donald Trump and told him that you play basketball, shut up and dribble, end quote. Fellas, (laughs) does Laura Ingram's viewpoint on Drew Brees compared to LeBron James make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Because it's her. Because it's coming from her. It makes Come on. great sense. Yeah, it didn't make great sense. If that would have been Teddy Bridgewater or Winston Cam, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. Sure, <laughs> you would have said, shut up and throw a football. Just get out there and prime. Please prime this. Prime. The whole Fox News as a whole. <laughs> we got to send them that Sam's Wholesale Costco yellow box cheerio. You, you yeah. want, y'all want a drone now? Y'all want to put that on a drone? Yep. Get to it right now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, come on with that double standard, man. That's what Laura Ingram does. It's obvious it's blatant what's going on there. And, you know, we don't even have to go into specifics about that. You guys ready to get started the first half? Do it. Yes, sir. Go. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am J.O. Support me, Jeff. I'm Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Lock. Lock, where can they find you at on social media, my brother? Man, it's the same as always. Lock underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A on Twitter and IG. Get at me. Most definitely. Where you at, Jeff? J-Easy 84 across all social media platforms. What about you, Weezy? FSP underscore Weezy on IG. And I'm, a, I'm at How Weezy on Twitter, man. Holla at me. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And I'm J-A-I-H-O-V on Instagram and Twitter. Let's have a conversation on Twitter for sure. I'm back. Um, and it's YouTube.com slash Full Sport Press Podcast. Follow, subscribe. Our followers are going up. We appreciate that. We will have that giveaway, I would say, in the next week or so. So keep your eyes open for that. Let's kick the first half off, man, with Dabo Sweeney. Weezy's boy. Weezy's coach. Dabo Sweeney. Uh, that my boy? Yeah, oh yeah, that's your boy. Dabo yeah, yeah. ended his response to an assistant coach's use of the N-word during a practice three years ago. Nearly a week after assistant coach Danny Pierman apologized for using the racial slur, Swinney said former tight end DJ Greenlee and Pierman were in a separate part of the practice field when the argument happened in 2017. Swinney said Greenlee approached him privately to discuss what happened. And according to Swinney Pierman, was profusely apologetic. 
Should Dabo have done more? He took too long to respond to me. I'm I'm a big fan of of of, of watching your emotions and your emotion when you talk. It didn't look too sincere. He was reading too much for me. Uh, it's just a bad time to come out and make a mistake right now. And that boy, he didn't handle that well. He didn't handle that well. I mean, he's going to get overlooked because he's a great football coach, but he didn't handle it well, for sure. It's not surprising to me at all with the Dabo Swinney uh, camp and how they run things in Clemson. Um, if you listen to how he approaches recruiting players and how he approaches college football as a business for coaches in the administration, but for players, it's just you're playing football. If you if you follow that model of what he does, hearing a coach, you know, accidentally or one time only saying a word like this to one of their players and being able to remain a coach and just saying he apologized profusely and keep moving, ah, nothing to see here. That's what they do at Clemson. Yeah, I, I, I'm Dabo is starting to come off to me as a a guy that that, a, that plays both sides of the fences. He's uh, one of those coaches that has publicly come out and stated that he doesn't think players should make any money being a college athlete. Uh, he didn't agree with the plan, paying for your likeness. So for him to come out with this situation, I'm not surprised. But and when I say playing both sides of the fence, his players that come to his aid and say that he's a great coach, they know he doesn't mean any harm. Uh, he's there for them. They even came out and said that they had a he had a seniors-only meeting with all of his seniors at his house where he let them discuss and talk about what's going on in the world today and how that spilled over into a full team meeting and that they all had a good understanding and spoke about what they felt and he did a great job listening and letting them speak out and you know one of the seniors Dan Reacher even came out and said that it was the most impactful meeting he's had since he's been at Clemson so Dabo is starting to come out to me as a person that can just play both sides of the fence just to be correct in whatever situation it is. I like the way that uh, you guys articulated a lot of that stuff because it's all true. I mean, you had Trevor Lawrence, one of the biggest stars in college football in 2020, likely probably be a top two, maybe number one pick. And of four Clemson players who spoke with reporters, Trevor Lawrence was the only white person that spoke out. But if you're Dabo, you really can't defend the kind of things that he defended right now. Right now, there's a lot of worldwide attention, what's going on for right or wrong. I think you just have to be aware. We're in a different time, like Weezy said, and like a point in society where we're very, very sensitive with everything going on. So if you're a very influential white man who has a lot of power and really can advance the cause and effect with a lot of positive change, he has to be better with that. He has to use that platform to um, help out things. And I, th- I don't think he did that. Waiting a week to address this was not the right way to go about doing it, having your quarterback um, speak out, you know, because he is a top five pick white quarterback. You has to stand on a little bit more solid ground, especially considering the fact that 90% of your players African-American. Like, Dabo, he, he he said the statement because he really didn't want to do this. He did it because he had to. If you're going to go out there and just act or just go along with – just go walk walk the streets and protest. Then it'll, it'll look a whole lot better than saying some phony little poem you wrote. You know what I'm saying? Man, <laughs> let's move on to the UFC. That was a solid point, we, but we're going to move on to the UFC. All right, so after former light heavyweight champion and possible GOAT, John Jones, and welterweight contender Jorge Masvidal asked for release from the UFC. 
UFC got dealt another blow this week after their biggest draw, Conor McGregor, out of nowhere, has his third retirement, issued his third retirement via Twitter. Said he was bored with the game and said he just wanted to move on and told his mom to pick out whatever house she wanted. She's going to get it. Conor is the – he's part of three of the highest-grossing UFC pay-per-views ever, and he's t- five of the top ten. I'm sorry, five of the top six. Will the UFC survive without Conor McGregor? I think they will survive. I think it's going to be a kind of slanted draw right now because of everything going on with COVID. So that's going to hurt their pockets if you look at it from a money standpoint. Uh, but I think there's always somebody upcoming, always. Um, I mean, Conor McGregor, he finished 22-4 and four overall. Only two of those losses were in the UFC to uh, Khabib and Nate Diaz. So that's why he is the draw that he was because he didn't really lose often. If he did, he lost to people like Khabib and Nate Diaz who were really good. The funny thing that, I, that came out of all this to me was Mayweather. You know he's not a boxer. Come on, man. Just leave that alone. He's still talking. I, I, I think this is all propaganda, man. I don't think he's really retiring. I don't think he's done. I really don't. I think he, he need a little bit more money, and they're, they're, they're boosting it up, getting us in there. And then they're going to pay him for a shit ton of money. He's going to fight somebody. Considering the fact this is, like Jeff said, his third time retiring in four years, still a young man, still in his prime. Also, I think he's the biggest star the sport has ever seen. I think he's bigger than all of the stars that they have put together right now. So he's the cash cow. Simple as that. There's money to be made, and I don't think he's going to leave that on the table. He'll be back in a year or two. But he has the liquor, a proper 12. He's made so much money from that. I think that he can retire off that. And also the Floyd fight. He made enough money off that to retire alone. I think he'll come back in a couple of years when, like Locke said, the young up-and-coming UFC champion is there and it's something to kind of get his juices flowing again. But he doesn't want that Khabib smoke. That's what he don't want. True. <laughs> Great point. The fight out there for him. He just don't want the smoke. And, um, you know, you factor that in on top of a possible Floyd second fight. The reason why I asked with the UFC in trouble because you got to think about the Khabib, uh, Cormier, excuse me, uh, Cormier, also their current like heavyweight champion, after this fight says he's done as well. So you're losing possibly Jones, Cormier, McGregor. You already lost Rousey. You know what I mean? Anderson Silva's getting older. Like, you're losing a lot of your biggest draws of the sport. You know, and then Khabib, you know, as, as bad of a man as he is in the octagon, his name doesn't hold the same weight as those other guys, so those pay-per-view vibes aren't the same. We'll move on to one of the best exciting running backs in college football history. After 10 years of not being welcomed, USC's Reggie Bush is welcomed back on campus as far as athletics. Now, he was put on his sanction for accepting improper benefits, which was originally a permanent ban by USC, but recently in 2017 changed to a 10-year ban. Now, because of all of this, he had to give up his Heisman. USC was stripped of that 2004 BCS National Championship and all victories from 2005. They also were banned from the postseason in 2010 and 2011 and took away 30 scholarships over three years and placed the program on probation for four years. And they also let O.J. Mayo, who played basketball at USC, he's been welcomed back to the campus also, but 
he hasn't been able to speak. No one's talked to him about the situation. What do you guys think about this ban officially being lifted? Was it too much for 10 years? I think it was entirely too much. They want them to vacate wins. The other team's not going to vacate losses, are they? Reggie Bush did so much for that school. I, I think I can name two or three different running backs that's, that went to USC because of Reggie Bush. I know Joe McKnight did for sure. To me, Reggie Bush, we got to live there, y'all. We got to see that US, that UFC dynasty they put together out there, that team with him, Lindell, Matt Liner, like, you know, even before that. But that team was just – that was like watching a video game every Saturday, like every Saturday. He know he was going to do something amazing every Saturday on the sideline, get to the sideline. So the fact, you know, whatever he did to get, you know, the, the, the punishment that he received, I'm glad that it's over with. And the fact that he still wants to be around USC. Because some players, like, you know, when they get banned like that, you know, Chris Webber in Michigan, he don't want to do a Michigan right now. He's not fighting for that right now. So I think it's a big thing for Reggie Bush to say he still wants to be around. And I can see it affecting his NFL career because his NFL career wasn't what we thought it was going to be. He did, I mean, he did have a great run with the Saints, but it didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to be after that magic college career he had. With those sanctions, like Weezy said, I think they're one of the harshest punishments like ever seen by a school. And they shouldn't have been away from the program, to say the least, maybe five years, but 10 years is way too long. Two of the biggest names in school's history, man. OJ was only there for a year, but he's the highest recruit USC has ever signed, school history. And the way that OJ Mayo came to USC was like, very similar to like how Zion came to Duke. He was the, people talked about OJ Mayo since he was in the eighth, ninth grade, man. Now granted, OJ Mayo, when he got on campus, he was probably 21, but it's, he was a huge recruit, man. OJ Mayo, I think is 31 right now, 32. So that yeah. is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, that's nuts. But with Reggie Bush, that was, no, OJ Mayo, let me tell you something, right now, let me tell you something. There was an oh, no. argument. There was an argument when, when O.J. Mayo got to the NBA playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. It was him or James Harden. And O.J. Mayo had a better first two years than James Harden, 100%. So people were like, man, who's better? And I would always go with O.J. Mayo. Now, granted, of course, he's not better than James Harden, but it was a point in time that it was an argument. But moving yeah. on to Reggie Bush, not arguing now. <laughs> he was you know, arguably the best running back in school history, you know, other than uh, O.J. Simpson. So, you know, Marcus Allens, you got some really good backs there. But I just think for college football, he was such a transcendent talent and figure. You need him in college football. You need him to be at these events, things of that nature, because he was such a great, great football player, man. And I think the Trojan family um, has already welcomed him back open arms, and they need them. Don't they, Weezy? Absolutely. I, I for sure think it messed with his head in the NFL. Because it was like, why why, why he didn't just jump over that person like he did in college? Like, I, don't, I didn't see none of that. You know what I'm saying? But why he just didn't jump from the five-yard line in the end zone? Because he didn't see none of that. I, re I really did think that it had an effect on it. The NCAA always seems to punish players more harsh than they do coaches. When a coach does something with a recruiting violation or – something bad you never hear them hardly ever get anything like 10 years so i don't like how they treat players when they do something that violates the ncaa rule versus how they treat coaches if you're going to punish these players that harsh 
when these coaches do something like that, they need to be on that same field as far as how harsh you're punishing them. Let's keep it on running backs, guys. Uh, but let's move on to the NFL. Pro Bowl running back and former Seminole great. Uh, Damn Dalvin, right. Yeah, all right, tell me, dear coach. Uh, former Seminole great, Dalvin Cook, is threatening to hold out this season uh, for all team-related activities until he receives a revised contract. Saints prepared to hold out through training camp and beyond. He's totally 24, come off his best season as a pro. And first non-injured season, he wants – he doesn't want to – he wants what's considered a max deal. Not sure what that is in the NFL, but he wants big boy money. Is Dalvin Cook worth it? Start with you, Reese. I know you're about to say something disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook needs to he, – he needs he needs one more proof here. I don't know if you got to – the holdout's not enough now. Maybe you got to go on the field and protest in the middle of the field until you get your contract. But the holdouts are not enough right now. I agree, Reese. The, the running back holdout hasn't – performed well I guess you could say but a lot of that has to do with those teams still doing well while they're holding out the Chargers they had somebody step right in and did well Le'Veon Bell Pittsburgh they had somebody step right in and they didn't really miss a beat too much even though those players weren't the same caliber of those running backs but they still able to keep the train going with this Viking situation I think they need to go ahead and pay him because he's come out and said himself, it doesn't have to be Christian McCaffrey's 16 million a year money. He'll take 13 a year. Now, the reason I think they should go ahead and do it, like Jeff said, he's coming off his career high with yards, but there's a few reasons why I think they should. For one, he had 500-yard games last year. They won four of those five games. The one game they didn't win was against Green Bay, who went to the NFC Championship game, and that's a rivalry game. You know how those go. Second reason. Kirk Cousins is going to be better with Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins was top-ranked quarterback in play-action passes and design rollouts, which we only know that works when your running back or your running game is going to do well. So if you don't have no running back, that play-action ain't going to work. Now, Kirk Cousins ain't going to shine as good. So I think the Vikings should go ahead and pay him, get it out the way. Even though the Vikings have the leverage to not pay him what he wants, I think they should still go ahead and pay him, though was a good convo in our group chat. It's only two of the highest paid running backs in the NFL play playoff football. Two of your top 10. That lets me know that you really don't need a superstar running back to win a championship. He's a really good back. I think Devin Cook is not transcendent town. But is he good? Hell yeah, he's good. But let's face it, he's not Saquon. He's not White Lightning. He's not even Derrick Henry. Mm, did you say Derrick Henry? <laughs> I like that you said Derrick Henry. He's not Derrick Henry, who I thought should have been paid by the Titans, but now I also see why he didn't. Because you got to look at Dalvin Cook. He's missed 19 games in three seasons, y'all. The good for Dalvin Cook, I think he just had his best year as a pro. But you're only funky as your last cut. You know that. You're only funky as your last cut, man. You never get what you deserve. You only get what you have the leverage to negotiate. He has that leverage right now. He's supposed to be making $1.3 million next year. He's worth more than that. Is he worth 16 and a half like Locke was saying? No, he's not even worth 13 and a half as he got. So he has to settle for right around eight and a half to make the team better. Kirk Cousins needs him. He needs Kirk Cousins. Unless you go and do and pull a Le'Veon Bell and you go to the Jets, meaning less football for the next five, six years, but you're paid. So it's a decision he has to make, and I think ultimately um, he'll make the right decision to sign for right around eight and a half, nine. The position, the running back position, 
it's the least least appreciated in the entire NFL for sure. You said something, Jay. I'm, I'm gonna move on from this pretty quick. You said you brought up a name. You brought up uh, Chris McCaffrey, and you brought up Derrick Henry right there for sure. Two sides of the coin on that. Christian McCaffrey got paid. Derrick Henry got didn't get paid. Got tagged. Yeah, franchise tag. Working but on that's it. Not, that's, not, that's not a long-term deal for keeping him happy. Dalvin Cook needs to hold out. As a running back, you have to. Because, like you said, you just said, Jay, the, the position has been so devalued for some reason that they feel like they can plug anybody in at that running back position. But what, what teams will soon realize is you cannot find a Christian McCaffrey. And you damn sure can't find a Derrick Henry everywhere you go looking for him. And you're not going to find a Dalvin Cook everywhere you go looking for one. Because a healthy Dalvin Cook is right. Like, eh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and a healthy Dalvin Cook is a top-tier running back in the NFL, hands down. No questions asked. The numbers prove. When he's healthy on the field, he's going to make your team better. And your quarterback is Kirk Cousins, who's prone to either win your game by seven or lose it by 21 if he decides to. You need a running back to steady that shit. And you can't find a Dalvin Cook on the side of the road. Like, you're just not going to plug and play that. You can't, Jeff, but what about putting together two to equal one? So what if you sign a, a, a free agent like Kenyon Drake next year or somebody like that, and then you do a rookie, you bring in somebody like J.K. Dobbins, just that type of running back next year? Even Kenyon Drake got paid by the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying, that type of running back, and then you mix that in. Because, for example, my 49s, we have four running backs. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So in turn, you need him with not, that quarterback. Oh. That's what we can. That's what we not. You need him. You need to be able to back you can with that quarterback. It, who who you paying first? You paying Devin Cook or you paying Derrick Henry first? Who me? Ooh. Who who am I? I'm, I'm, if, if I'm we all who, GMs what right team? Now. What team is it? If it's the Titans and the Wing team, if it's the Titans and the Wing team, I'm paying <laughs> Derrick Henry first. They need him. They need that's that type true. Of quarterback. It, that's it the does truth. depend. That's, yeah. that's the truth. If it's the Titans, I'm paying Derrick Henry first. No, no questions asked. It does depend on your offensive scheme. Yeah. It does. It's the wing team. You need to run a back. Can Devin Cook catch out the backfield? Can Devin yeah. Cook catch out the backfield? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. He's a three-down back? He's every yes. down back. Yeah. Yes. Is he durable? Yeah. Well, no. that's the question. No. That's no. the question. That's what we wait to see. Has he left the league in Russia? That's an honest question. Has he gotten as many tokes as Derrick Henry? Has he left the league in Russian? Does, no. Does he, does he play with a Has quarterback that only throws the, the ball four times? No, we, no. All right. Does he play in the wing team? Is he durable? Is he durable? in the wing team? Oh, man, you're bringing up the same point. You guys ready to get started with halftime? <laughs> I'm just telling you. The gloves don't fit. You must have quit. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it. WNBA teams were given until May the 26th to prepare their rosters for the regular season. This resulted in plenty of activity, most of which was expected. Now, the teams were asked to cut each roster down to 12 players. In the past, WNBA teams have been typically allowed to keep a maximum of 15 players in training camp at one time. To say this is a bad break for the majority of recently drafted players would be an understatement due to the worldwide restrictions due to COVID-19. Coaches and GMs had to make their final roster decisions without running a single minute of extended camps. Only 16 of the 36 women selected in this year's draft made the cut to make the final WNBA roster. If there is a silver lining to this situation, it's the players who signed training camp contracts will still receive benefits 
until June the 30th. How can the WNBA fix this? Nobody yeah. expected what happened um, in the world to come across um, before the pandemic. Um, I don't think you can fix it this year. That league doesn't turn a big enough profit to warrant being able to fix it, honestly. You know what I'm saying? If I just keep it simple as that. Um, it's a horrible situation, absolutely. But I do I don't see a way of fixing this this season. Now I think if for some reason because sports are gonna be at a premium going forward, and if they turn out some of their bigger numbers this year, they have a chance going forward to fix it on the back end for everybody else. I'm not sure right now though. This is a bad timing for this to happen because the WNBA just got the new collective bargaining where they gave the women the benefits like you mentioned that the girls are going to be able to keep doing training camp uh how they still get paid if they are out because they are pregnant all the new things that they got as far as flying how they fly now they're not doing regular flights uh the the how they when they're on the road they're staying in hotels all of that has improved greatly, and that was the big thing with WFA. We started to see them turn that leaf into getting things done like that. And then for this to happen, it just makes it look bad. That's a big letdown. I can only imagine what they're going through after seeing their dream come true by getting drafted to only realize that they're not going to make the team because they have to cut the roster down because of everything that's going on. I think the NBA has to, has to step in and do something. They have Adam Silver has to step in and do something. I know it's a lot on him right now because he's trying to get his own season back going. If the WNBA didn't have some kind of attachment to the NBA, it would be just like the XFL right now. They'd be hundred percent. And you also have to think too, the NBA man, if they don't get things going, they're gonna lose two billion dollars. That's a lot. So a lot of that money that they were looking to, to pump into the WNBA, man, that's gonna be cut kind of short because you lose two billion just simply off of you know of the back of Kyrie's and. Even Lou Williams came out and said that, you know, there's a lot of things going on as far as people um, going away from not playing. It's, it's different, man. But the WNBA, this is, this is tragic, actually, for those draft picks this year because, you know, they're behind the eight ball. Because to get your overseas check, you have to make sure that you have WNBA credentials. You know, so turn, man, it's going to be tough. And, for them to even, you know, pick up free agents and things of that nature. If the NBA starts rolling, I can see them maybe extending two roster spots so some of these girls can get some more spots on these teams because, man, it's, it's rough to see. and To have a draft of 36 women drafted and only 16 of them make the team, that shows something is wrong and they got to figure out a way to kind of do them right because you get drafted. Uh, at least – so it was a first-round pick, bro, that didn't get kept. Like, come on. Like, that's nuts. You guys ready to get started the second half? Let's do it. Yep. Go. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half. FSP presents prototype. Building the perfect point guard. Now, the point guard position is perhaps the most important spot in the hardwood for any basketball team. As the point guard is the main responsible for the actual offensive flow of the team. And the guy is supposed to orchestrate almost every move here at FSP. We're heading into the lab. We're going to try and build the perfect PG in the world, taking some of the features of the best point guards in MDA history. I am excited about this. Let's buckle up and enjoy as we walk you through our perfect point guard. Here are the rules. Two rules. Let's get it. 
you can only use one player for each attribute. I repeat, you can only use one player for each attribute. One. One, one player. And the second rule, the player. Oh my gosh. The player has to play the point guard position, not for a year, not for two years, not for, you know, the last year and a half. Majority of their career. The majority of their career, it has to be the point guard position. So, Jeff, go through the criteria of each person's perfect point guard. All right. So, here's the criteria for each person's perfect prototype point guard. Number one, ball handling. Number two, basketball IQ. Number three, some body type, the build they're going to have. Number four, the shooting range. And you go five, passing, six, defense, seven, the all-important clutch gene. You know, a couple of these guys, don't, they don't have it on this list. Eight, athleticism, nine, speed, and ten, my favorite, confidence. That's right. That's right. We are building a perfect point guard, man. I am excited about this. I've been waiting for two weeks to do this. Without further ado, Coach Lott, we will kick things off with you with ball handling. Let's go. So my ball and handling point guard, I went with the flat earth of Kyrie Irving. Uh, it's been said by many times and many players, they believe he has some of the best handles ever. When you look at Kyrie playing the game, he can dribble in any situation, get through any kind of crease. He can hesitate, change speed, change directions. How do you drop a diamond? He just does things that you haven't seen before. His handles are crafty with the moves that he has. So my player for ball handling, is Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I'm, I I I hate to piggyback. I hate to piggyback in this in this type of uh with this new thing we got going on because it looks like I'm being a. But you have to go with Kyrie Irving, man. He just like everything Coach said. You, you want you want somebody to go handle the ball. Well, you're a perfect point guard, and he handled the rock. What about you, Jeff? I wanted to choose this player for multiple things, but I'm going with the easy one: ball handling, Kyrie Irving. Everything that these guys have said, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So my ball handling point guard is John. Nah, it's Kyrie Irving, man. He's widely regarded as if not one of, if not the best dribblers in NBA history. Like Locke said, he's just crappy with the ball. Layup package is crazy, but it all starts with his handle and the way he creates his own shots with his ball handling. It's very hard to go against Kyrie Irving as far as ball handling, considering the fact you have to leave these attributes for other things. So that is the reason why I picked Kyrie Irving as my ball handler. Jeff, basketball IQ, you are up. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a floor general. Chris Paul is – if there's one player that is a point guard that's prototype which wants the point guard to be the leader team, it's Chris Paul. Might not want to play with him every night because his attitude may get to you. But I can't lie. Give me Chris Paul. That's my key. What about you, Lot? Same thing, man. You can't go against Chris Paul. Uh, he can play any style of offense. If you want him to kill you with the pick and roll, he can do that. If you want him to run a sideline offensive break, he can do that. He knows when to take over the game and can do that if you need him to. He also knows when to defer to just kick to the man that he needs to just got the the hot hand at the time. So I went with CP3 with IQ. Weezy, bring up the rip. 
Uh, I went with uh, Jason Kidd on this one. I like that. I like that, Weezy. Yeah, I, went I like Jason. that. Everything y'all said, Chris Paul does. Jason Kidd does as well. He knows everything to do as a point completion. Knows where everybody's supposed to be at. Average a triple double. Well, they average it, but he didn't average it, but it was close. He, he had a lot of triple doubles, but like that. He's top yeah. five. He's, he's, he's a leader of triple doubles. Okay, yeah. top five. Top five. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he yeah. led his team to two finals. Some Chris Paul would never do. Yeah, so shout out to me for checking out Jason Kidd. Go ahead, Jay. Who you got? The true point guard. I got CP3 right here. Just a huge basketball brain. His ability to dish out the ball. And also, like Locke said, play in pick and roll. Play in iso ball. Just a, a brilliant mind. I think he, as he's becoming older, his IQ is respected even more, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I had CP as my IQ. All right. Did, so did, anybody, did anybody think about Steve Nash on this one? I thought real hard about Steve Nash. I did, but no. No, it was considering the fact we have other yeah. um, things going on. Yeah. Let's move on to the next attribute. Which is body type or build, Weezy? You're up. Uh, body type, man. I went with somebody that was going to be durable. I went with Ben Simmons on this one. Ben Simmons body type. Because I've seen tall court. I've seen tall point guards play back in the Magic era. I've seen tall point guards play within this area. I've seen Sean Livingston play. I've seen – so I went with uh, I went with Ben Simmons for 16. I uh, got a 7-2 wingspan on defense to help me out. I, I, need, I need Ben Simmons. What you got, Jeff? I went with Penny Hardaway. Six seven, as they said on blue chips, six seven, six seven, silky smooth point guard. I said that twice real fast. Um, he jumps off the screen with athleticism. When you first saw Penny in Michigan at Memphis State, you saw him in with a young Orlando. That is my guy. That's what you want your point guard to look like. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So his build though, Penny body didn't hold up. Skinny, skinny, mini. Jay, body, Jay, like that. Wait, 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 wait. You said body. Like that? That's not. That's not what. This, when I saw body type, when I, I see feel. a six-seven body handle, ball handler come on the court, I know that I got a matchup problem. You do. Bill, his yeah, bill is. Okay. Hey, that's your pick. Little thin in the case. Third-year third penny was not that thin in the case. Rookie-year penny, yes. Phone positive penny was in the weight room. This thing. Phone you picked Penny, bro. You picked Penny. Yeah, yeah, I, I picked yeah. a great one. You better, don't better know it. That's right, Weezy. That's what you did. He sure did. I went with Ben Simmons just like Weezy did, man. 6'10", 230. A lot of the times when you see somebody that's a 6'10", those really big, tall guards like that, they're thin. Ben Simmons is 6'10", 230. And he's, he's athletic. He can guard. He's going to be able to absorb that bump and still be right there. So I went with Ben Simmons for my body type and build. Sure. Uh, body type of build, man. I struggle with this one. Body type of build. Come on, man. He cheating. He getting to go last. So he yeah, he come on. Dust. You last every time, Jay. You last cheating. every time. He cheating. He cheating. You nah. going first on the next one. They okay, gonna, for gonna, sure. going to pick it and see who's going. Uh, my body type of build of my point guard. Come on, man. This show could be done last week, bro. Come on. Come on, man. Be the player. Uh, my body type of bill. Give me Magic Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all in hell. Yeah, all in he didn't want to do that. He yeah. didn't want to do that. And I for sure, um, right out of the cage a little bit. My body type of bill, man, Magic Johnson. 6'9 point guard. 
model of consistency, um, always played at the, at the highest level. Um, you know, if we're just looking at a body type of build, just a skeleton of a basketball player, you have to look at Ben Simmons, Penny Hardaway, or Magic Johnson. Give me Magic, for sure, with the Afro. Moving on to the next, shooting slash range. This should be unanimous. This is easy unanimous one. He got one. an easy one. He got an easy Stephen one to go first on with. Curry. Total no-brainer here. Hands down the best shooter in the history of the entire NBA. And it's not even close. He's crashed every record for three-pointers. His range starts once he walks onto the floor. He can knock down threes as if they were freebies. Smoothest jump shooter I've seen at the point guard position. This is easy. Give me Wardell unanimously, Stephen Curry. Go ahead, lock what you got. He got an easy one to go first on. Look, look at it. He, yeah. he got one he had to debate on. Yeah, man, if everything you said, man, he's single season leading threes, uh, has made 10 or more threes in a single game more than anybody in NBA history. He's tied for second on most threes in a single game, six all-time on three-point percentage, first and free throw percentage, and eighth all-time in attempts. So it's not like he has this great shooting percentage and he's not putting them up. When you eighth all-time in attempts and still shooting like that, that lets you know that you the real deal. So for that same reason, I went with Steph Curry also. Coach, Coach, you didn't, you didn't think about taking your boy Dane? Let me make my perfect prototype. Ooh, it's strategic how you do oh, this. I'm it's just strategic. Saying, I'm just strategic. Smart. Strategic. Yeah. What, what we I, I went with Steph. I went with okay. Steph on this. What you got, Jeff? I went with the person who put Steph on notice who's going to break all of Steph's records, Trey Young. Ooh. I like it. Not bad. Not bad. He's not a better shooter than Steph Curry. He will be. But he's not, though. He's not he's, right now, 2020. The pick is Steph Curry, but going forward, it's Trey Young. I can dig it. And I can yeah. dig it. No worries there. Let's move right along to passing ability. Weezy, what you got? Who's your passing ability point guard? Oh man, I went with Jason Williams, White Chocolate Man from back in the day. Double nickel, you know what I'm saying? Elbow pass. Anything I want to do. How you want to do it? Play with it. He played with that. You know what I'm saying? That right there, Jay. That look, uh, that guy do with the watch. Uh, uh, you got, ain't got none of that. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about what. Let's not talk about what I got. <laughs> let's not talk about what I got. What you got? <laughs> Problems that you don't want. Man, you don't want to see me, coach. You don't want to see me. That might be the best yeah. answer I've Ooh. ever heard on this show. <laughs> Problems you don't want. Well, what he, <laughs> he said there was confidence too. So like he said there was a lot of confidence. Ooh. He said, look at him, look at him laughing. He feel good about that, what he said. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what he That's cool. That's cool. I went with Jason Wood. All right. Hey, Jay, you got to go next, man. Okay, you go all right. Next, Jay. I'm cool. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. Yeah, Lee. brother. All right. Um, My passing ability is Pistol Pete Maravich, man. He was one of the most creative passes of his time. <laughs> he went back to the 2020. Yeah. Dude, one of the best passes I've ever seen. What, like, when you put a prototype as far as a person that created the point guard position and turned it to where we see it as of now, 
wear your Magic Johnsons and everybody picked up at, it was Pistol Pete, man. So for sure, um, give me Pistol Pete as my passing ability. Jeff, where you at? Now, this was my uh, hardest pause, and this has changed at least four times from we started talking about this show. Um, I am going to say only because who we selected had a turnover problem. That's the only reason I didn't pick him. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Get, I've seen Steve Nash get passes into windows that were – I didn't understand how he was able to do that. Um, I wanted to go with another person who I would choose for a, another selection down the road, but Steve Nash for passing ability. What you got, Coach? Man, I went with John Stockton. He's the all-time leader in assists. And then the key stat for a point guard, the most important for a point guard, he's second all-time in assist-to-turnover ratio. When your point guard is taking care of the ball like that and making the passes that he's making, how much the ball is in his hands, your point guard cannot turn the ball over. So with him being an all-time leader in assists, and second all-time in assist-to-turn ratio, got to go with John Stockton. I like that. I like that. Not, not nope. mad at that, Coach. Nobody picking magic. Unfucking believable. Um, I de- wanted to. I wanted no, to. It didn't happen. Defense. Who's going first? Locke, we right back to you. Who you guys? Your defense first. I go first. Give me the glove, Gary Payton. The only point guard in NBA history to ever win defensive player of the year. Nine times All-NBA defense, the first team. There's nothing else to say. Give me the glove, Gary Payton. What you got, Weed? I'm going with GP, man. GP, look, he locked up Jordan. GP locked up Jordan. He ain't locked up Jordan, but he was oh, there. He made it hard on him. He made it hard on him. He made it hard on He was there. He was there. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jeff? Oh, yeah, man, this is easy. This and the handle are the two easy ones. Never yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going another way. I'm going with nah. – I got Gary Payton. not. <laughs> I got Gary Payton. Just a footwork. I hope you did. I hope you yeah, went another way. Hands. That was going to make you lose it. Show Toughness up. and tenacity. You could go Pat Bev right here, though. 100%. I thought about Pat Bev. You could go Pat, Pat Bev, man. But the only thing that kind of makes things a little spicy is the fact that this man won defensive player of the year. And I think Pat only had one first-team all-defense selection. So, exactly. Um, yeah, man. So you got to go, GP. Since that a lot was of that easy, Pat Bev defense is just a lot of getting under people's lot, skin. Lot of Sometimes he be getting cooked. One hundred percent getting his way. Yeah, one hundred percent getting people away. So since you had an easy one, like right back to you, clutch. Who are you picking for clutch? For my boy Weezy, this is why I went Damian Lillard. This is why I didn't use him where he was at. He's one of the most clutch point guards we've seen. In 2019, he attempted 28 clutch square shots and made more than 46% of them. And in 2018, it was 48%. If you look at all the playoff moments, big game shots, ending game shots, when you put Damian Lillard right there, he's one of the best as far as point guards. Because if you think of clutch shots, most of the time you're thinking about shooting guards or small forwards. When you think about point guards, Damian Lillard is right there at the top. So I want Damian Lillard for clutch. I'll go next since you guys say that I always, you know, try to cheat. Um, I went with Chauncey Billups. Mr. Big Shot. Big Shot. 100%, man. In a span of two weeks in 2003, he sank a pair of game-winning three-pointers the first time against the Warriors, the second time versus the Hawks. That's how he earned that name, and he's just calm, cool, collected. Here's the thing. I've never seen 
Chauncey Billups rattled. I have seen Dame Lillard rattled plenty of times to the point where I seen my guy, Drew Holiday, absolutely put him in the trunk and they got their ass up out of there. A hundred percent. Clutch, he wasn't clutched in. I've clutch. never seen you. No, no, Clutch is in the ass. final moments. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not no, talking about no. the game. Clutch no. is in the listen. final moments. No, listen, man. I've never seen Chauncey Billups rattle. Richard Hamilton talked about how he led the team, and he said, I've never seen Chauncey Billups worry about a point of the game. That is a person that you need as your point guard. I'm going with Chauncey Billups. Dame Lillard was in the trunk before. He got, he got there before shit to the New Orleans Pelicans. Four to shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, time my ass. Jeff, what you got? I ain't letting you off the hook. Go ahead. Uh, no, that's great segue. No, um, as much as I wanted to be Dame Lillard for what he did to Paul George from that logo, that was that's one of the biggest shots that I've ever seen in my life. Call sure. series on that man. And, you know, he's playoff P. You know what I'm saying? Call <laughs> series on playoff P like that. Don't forget, playoff P. But um, it's Chelsea Billups. Big, his name uh, is Mr. Big Shot. Boy, you know, it's, it's the truth. I can't yeah. argue that. Boy, we gotta, boy, you gotta watch a slickster like Jeff, boy. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Nah, it's Chelsea Miller. His name is Mr. Big Shot. Like, dog, we've seen Jeff. Like, I know you. You are from South Nashville, boy. I know you <laughs> You got a slick one right there. I knew what? I should have. No. What you got? No. I'll send you my list. It's Chelsea. Uh, it, it was Dame slash Chelsea. Yeah, Chauncey was Chauncey was definitely on my list, but I didn't choose him. But uh, I want Allen Iverson right here, man. Mister, I'll step over you. I'll step over you, Allen Iverson right here. I sure did. The ball was always in his hand because he didn't have nobody else on his team. He hey, and he was player, player, player. He had two goals. He played two. Oh, did he really? Yeah, Eric Snow went before it. Fuck. I gotta go with Chauncey then. Oh, no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. You get a zero for that. You get a zero for that. I'm being real. Damn, zero. Y'all crazy. You can't say nobody. You can't say, oh, well, I'll just pick. Nah, hell no. Charles is on my list. I don't give a damn. You're just, y'all got zeros for this one, man. Really? Y'all niggas got zeros. Ain't no way. Man. His name That's, is Mr. Big Shot. Man, kiss my ass. As a point guard, how can he not be Chauncey? Kiss my entire ass. Now, well, give me Chris Paul today. Give me Chris Paul there. Give me Chris Paul. I'll take Chris Paul today. I can't have a zero. Give me Chris Paul. Yeah. Jeff, who you got for your Because you didn't have Chauncey. We got right here. I had Chauncey. <laughs> no, I, I, no, Darius, I had Chauncey. <laughs> what? I really thought Iverson was a, a, a one. I really did. That's Let's move on to the next attribute, which is athleticism. Jeff, let's go with you first, man. Shit. Russell Westbrook. That's an easy Freight train. Yeah. Freight train. Don't, don't know anything but zero. Don't know anything but 10. Zero to 10, he goes 10 every game, no matter what it is. Russell Westbrook. I can do it. Who you got, Weezy? Athleticism. I went with Steve Francis. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. I listen. Franchise That's used solid. to get there, and he yeah. leaning. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's taking a nap. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Steve Dang Francis that. then, though. Yeah. yeah. Be Bobby Brown then. Yeah. Yeah, we talking Bobby about Brown there. Yeah. yeah. I was Steve Francis. What you got, Lock? I had to go back and forth about this, but because I was going to go with Westbrook, Jeff. I really was. But then I started doing my research. I know you were. I went 
Derrick Rose. He's one of the most explosive point guards we've seen. His no step vert, right. 34 and a half. Westbrook is 30. Derrick Rose, max vert, 40. Westbrook is 36.5. Derrick Rose's three-quarter court sprint was 3.05 seconds. Westbrook is 3.08 seconds. So because of that, I would decide to go with Derrick Rose for athleticism. I ain't mad at that, Coach. No, I ain't mad at that, man. The only thing that kind of is close to Russell Westbrook is prime Derrick Rose. And I don't know if we're doing I – don't, I don't know how we're going to quantify that. So I'm going to stick with Russell Westbrook because the only person that's just as athletic as him is a person that's not in this category. So I just – Russ imposes will every night, man. Straight line drives, five-on-one breaks. It don't matter, man. Athleticism is off the mark, man. It's, you're dunk on your whole team, man. Give me Russell Westbrook. Let's move right along to speed, Weezy. Who you got speed? Uh, speed, I went with a healthy John Wall. I've seen John Wall get from, get from, get from one end of the court to the other in almost three seconds, man. He was with the ball in his hand, too. So, I went with John Wall. Who you got, Lock? Same thing, man. John Wall. He's one of the fastest players we've seen go baseline to baseline. Like we just said, you know, it's only a few of the players that could do that. One of those people. Is Russell Westbrook, but and Derrick Rose, but I want to go with John Wall right here because he can do all of that, like we just said, with the ball in his hand or without the ball in his hand. He's just as fast, it seems like. Um, I had John Wall right here as well. He's the quickest player in the entire league. Um, even with situations where you have De'Aaron Fox, you have a bunch of point guards that are really fast. Uh, just with John Wall, man. Top end speed is crazy, man. Nobody's fast, man. Who you got, Jeff? That's another one that's easy. It's John Wall. I wanted to be MVP D Rose, but I think John Wall is a little bit faster than D Rose to me. So I went with John Wall as well. But the athleticism, if never hurt, it would have been a toss up between D Rose and Russ right there. 100%. Yeah. Can't lose that one. Um, mm-hmm. Our last attribute. Confidence, the most confident point guard in NBA history. Jeff, who do you have right here? Irving Magic Johnson. From he had to go against Larry Bird. He had to deal with the Bad Boy Pistons. He lost to Jordan, sure enough, in his later years. He dealt with the Sixers in the eighties. Magic looked was the guy who was the force behind the Showtime Lakers. Always charismatic, never, never frazzled, never, never shied away from the limelight. Me, Magic John. Who you got, Weezy? I went with Russell Westbrook on this one. Super confident. I just seen Russell Westbrook hit three in a row. I just seen him miss three in a row. He's still shooting. Thirteen in a row for sure. Yeah. And he's still shooting. He's still shooting. And that's like kind of remind me of myself. I'm still shooting. Lots of he can give me. Well, we still gonna play. We still gonna play. We still gonna play. Who you got, Coach? Same thing, man. Russell Westbrook, man. He feels like no one can stop him. If you ask him right now today who's the best player in the league, he'll say he is. You gotta talk about a guy that had Kevin Durant on his team and his confidence was feeling like he was the better player on the team, which is why KD left, because Russ was so confident in himself. So when you got a player that confident that you make 
a player like Kevin Durant leave, your confidence is through the roof. All right. And I will close things out with confidence. Gilbert Arenas, man, single-handedly the second most confident player during our era. It's not even close. I think he feels as if he can get 50 on anybody and everybody. He did. He only got 50 on Kobe. World-class confidence. You have to kind of believe in yourself and your hard work to be this confident, and he was just that. Just a gym rat, confidence through the roof. I've never seen a more confident basketball player other than Swaggy P. And, of course, Kobe Bryant. This dude was super confident, man. Um, yeah, 100%, man. Give me Gilbert Arenas for his confidence. I'm not sure if I like that one, but if you like it, I love oh, it. I can't, <laughs> wait. I can't wait for these matchups. Are y'all talking about non-confidence in Gilbert Arenas? No, no I'm not saying that, no no I'm saying I see that. I'm just crazy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. All I'm saying I was the first round, huh? Jeff, you said who you want? I want you first round. first round, because you stole my uh, person with clutch, man. You stole that. You get a zero for that, Jeff. I'm be real. You got to figure out somebody else. More than anything, man, this was fun. Um, You know, I thought people gonna pick. I'm the only person rattle the cage a little bit. Everybody be safe ass pick. Are you crazy? Trey Young, Trey Young as the best shooter. Here we go. I picked everybody Steph Curry. I picked Trey Young. Gilbert Arenas. That was a. I picked Jason Williams and Jason Kidd, dude. That that Jason Williams pick. That Jason Williams pick was wild. (laughs) Good one though. (laughs) No, no, no. It was a good one. Like I I watch his highlights at least once a month. But yeah. yeah. But and that is the prototype series. Kicking things off with the point guards, man. This was fun. Mm -hmm. Again, these you'll be able to vote on these teams. Jeff, you got a zero. Weezy, you got a zero. <laughs> no, but, ain't no zero. Yeah, zero. Now you got CP. That's right. You got CP. Um, nah, I got, I got yeah, we'll be voting time. on these this week. Now nah, you're damn lie. No, you did. Yeah, you did. You're damn lie. This is gonna be a great prototype series. I'm telling you, these next four weeks is gonna be great. I don't know when we might have to kind of we going to figure things out. We're gonna figure <laughs> so, it out. So, so basically, basically what you're saying is we're gonna have to start. Showing our list when we say the uh, name. <laughs> yeah, nah, like it's it's some cap shit going on. Look, I'm gonna show yeah. y'all my list. I don't. We can't read that. Tweet us with the question <laughs> throughout hey, the week. Well, y'all must let me say At full sport press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down <laughs> on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend who go first, man. To tell a friend, man. Lot, where you at? Man, it's get a drum or something, man. <laughs> He's ready to go lock on the score the <laughs> Jeff, what you got? Camera's always on. You right it is. Weezy. Everything paid for, baby. So, man, the revolution will be podcasting. We are out. Jeff got a zero. That's funny as hell. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.